no glory for the pain of heart. We all stars, win or lose, we don't play the part. And when the goal getting tough, I get to going hard. You bring your best and you know I'ma tear them apart. We made it survival, survival. I ain't got no time for anyone who ain't put in the work that I do. You ain't heard about a stick, I'm gonna remind you. I've been out here doing what I say, it's what defines you. This is our time, hands to the sky. You already know I ain't gotta tell them why. What's up, everybody? Man, Justin, week 18 is come and gone. A regular season, it's over. 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 As Vince Carter would say, it's, it's over. It's over. Um, that being said, I mean, before we get into it, you know, how you doing? Uh, doing good, man. I can't believe this is it. Like, last regular season week, getting into the playoffs. Crazy. 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 crazy I, feel like, I, feel, I feel like I can, like, genuinely clearly remember that detroit kansas city game first game of the year like it's just crazy how fast it's gone for sure it has definitely gone quickly um it feels like only yesterday we were uh doing our first episode together i know <laughs> all right well um you know starting off it wouldn't be the end of the regular season if uh, bad teams weren't firing their head coaches and general managers so why don't we start there <clears throat> um the Washington Commanders, they have fired head coach Ron Rivera. Um, he went 26-40-1 in his four years as head coach. His lone accolade is that they were the 2020 NFC East champions with a blistering record of 7-9. and nine. Um, And then they got beat by the Tom Brady Bucks en route to their Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, they ended this season at four and thirteen, and they had arguably the worst—they were arguably the worst team in the NFL after week two. Um, and they fumbled the development of Sam Howell. Um, I guess one good takeaway from this is that they're going to have the number two overall pick. Um, one kind of cool, interesting tidbit I saw was that uh, Commanders owner Josh Harris has hired former Golden State Warriors general manager Bob Myers, who orchestrated the dynasty run from 2015 to 2022. I did see that. That was kind of cool. It is. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the next one. I don't know that this one's going to shock anyone either. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons have fired head coach Arthur Smith after three seasons. He went 21-30 and 30 in his tenure, um, never won back-to-back -back games, which I thought was crazy. Um, he underutilized the best weapons on his team in Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and B. John Robinson. He stuck with it. Underutilized is a uh, generous. Is a, uh, yeah, it's a it's a gener yeah. it's a generous uh, a generous term by me because you could argue that he didn't utilize them at all. Um, yeah. <clears throat> he stuck with a clearly struggling Desmond Ritter. Um, who was turnover prone instead of, oh, I don't know, Taylor Heineke, who they signed to be a backup who proved to be at least serviceable. Am I right? I mean, you know, let's not act like he didn't do great things. I mean, pretty solid things in Washington. Um, and he made awful decisions in-game that led to tons of third and long situations where instead of using one of those said weapons, they would just run Tyler Allegier up the middle or... Uh, you know, throw, throw a bomb to Johnny Smith. Yeah, or just punt. Like, um, so yeah, it just 
Falcons fans are down bad. Uh, it makes me a little sad for Arthur Smith just because he was a good coordinator when he was in Tennessee. Um, but very clearly, he's one of those guys that solid coordinator, not meant to be a head coach. <laughs> yep. And then last but not least, the one that should actually shock a lot of people, the Tennessee Titans have fired head coach Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel coached for six seasons. He went 54-45. and 45. He was 2-3 and three in the postseason. Um, he made the 2019-2020 AFC Championship game. He was the 2020 and 2021 AFC South Champions, 2021 NFL Coach of the Year, the 2021 AFC number one seed. In the past two seasons, they went 7-10 and 10 and 6-11. and 11. Um, not, not all that was his fault. I mean, they had a lot of injuries, um, a lot of revolving door on the O-line. Um, but there were growing frustrations between him and the GM as far as his offensive coordinator hires, personnel management, stuff like that. Mike Vrabel wanted more control, stuff like that. The team, I think, does need a more offensive approach instead of the exotic smash-mouth football that is being left behind in the current NFL. I mean, let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. If you're not an elite passing team, unless you just have an insane defense like Cleveland, you're not, you're not winning anything. And even even then, Joe Flacco's still throwing for three hundred. Right. Like. The Cleveland wasn't doing like I know Cleveland. What did they go? Eleven and six. Yeah. Like Cleveland, or did they go ten and seven? No, they were eleven, no, 11 and, six. and six. Yeah, they were eleven and six. Like, yeah, winning eleven games is impressive, but let's not act like their offense is the reason for that outside of Joe Flacco's tenure. <laughs> um. Yeah. And so I'll be honest. I think my more logical, non-biased side has won me over in this situation. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad to see this era come to an end. Um, I'm very grateful to Mike Vrabel for the last six years. Um, he managed the Titans and coached us into true contenders and gave me a lot of good, fun memories. But all good things, you know, they do eventually come to an end. Uh, chapters close and pages turn to new, new chapters. So... To be honest, I'm not as upset as I thought I would be at this news. I know you and I kind of freaked out when it first leaked, mostly just because like I wasn't expecting a firing. I was really realistically expecting to see like Mike Vrabel has decided to take another job. I wasn't expecting to see him fired. Um, if Amy Adams Strunk, the Titans owner, if she can hire like a, a Sean McVay type or like a Kyle Shanahan type or even like Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, somebody like that, or even like a younger candidate, like I said, like Sean McVay, I'm all in. Um, the Titans, they need they need weapons. I mean, they've got an aging D-hop, and then I think like you and me at receiver. Basically. They absolutely need an O-line. Um, but I think they get a forward-thinking head coach, um, and they address some of those issues in the draft, or they sign some veteran linemen. I think, I think this could potentially be a move to lead us to new heights. So what were, what were your takeaways on this one specifically? Cause I know we were both kind of just flabbergasted at first. Yeah, no, I was, I was genuinely shocked at this cause I feel like this just came out of left field for sure. And I feel like, I feel like this could be a really bad decision. Um, if they don't replace him correctly. Exactly. Like no, if, for sure. Like, like you said, <laughs> Like you said, if they don't replace him with some sort of forward-thinking, offensive-minded head coach, I think things could go really south really quickly. I mean, because I'm, you have 
I just need, I just need you to know if they hire Josh McDaniels or Nathaniel Hackett or something like that, I'm a Bengals fan next year. <laughs> Uday. <laughs> well, we have Zach Taylor, so it's not saying much. Okay, never mind. Um, I'm a Ravens fan next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not go that far. Um, but no, I, I think you know you you have to have some sort of offensive head coach. You have to have some sort of offensive identity because because you have Trevor Lawrence, because you have C.J. Stroud, because you have uh anthony richardson when he comes back so if you know going into the season odds are whoever your quarterback is is probably going to be the fourth best quarterback in the division but i like, guess just call it how it is yeah Honestly, i mean maybe fifth best behind gardner Minshew. <laughs> so I, I think will uh, levis is better than gardner Minshew, but we can debate that another time <laughs> yeah um but yeah you, you have to establish some sort of offensive culture in there um and, and you know, it'll be interesting to, to kind of see where the Titans go from here. I agree. Um, part of the reason why I think it's time to pivot to passing is because 2019 Derrick Henry is not walking through that door tomorrow. Like, No, Ty J. Spears is not going to be he's not, I, and I, I, 200 yards. Like, and I love Ty J. I think Ty J has been just a diamond in the rough, just a phenomenal draft for us. I think he's very similar to the Bengals' Chase Brown. Like, Yeah, exactly. Like very similar, like that speedy, like that fast twitch. I think the Bengals and the and the Titans have very similar run games. Like they do. Mixon and, and Henry are like they've kind of taken a step back in their career. They're not nearly as explosive. They don't have that like burst speed where they can rip off a sixty yard run anymore. I mean, Derrick Henry more so than Joe Mixon. I was gonna I was bad, gonna say but... Derrick Henry literally just ran like a sixty nine yarder over the weekend. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. But like but you know what I'm saying. Like they don't have that explosivity that they've had in the past and Chase Brown and Ty J Spears has have have been that for, and they're, and they're for that, their respective teams. They're also that like dual threat pass catching back. We've seen Derrick Henry exactly. We've seen Derrick Henry catch some passes, but honestly, that's not really his forte. His forte is get him a good O line and he just plows people down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, like you said. Um, but let's see where it goes from here. Our last kind of breaking news story here before we move on to the. Uh, rest of the week is tj watt is ruled out for round one against the bills unfortunately i think this takes the steelers chances of winning down to next to zero um most of their success this year has been propagated on their defense and without him i i think it's a first round exit uh i think mason rudolph has played out of his mind the last few weeks but i just i don't think that missing that key piece on their defense that they're going to be able to take down a i mean just a buffalo team that even when they're not playing well lately is finding ways to win these games yeah i agree i think it's a massive blow for them um and i just i think they would need nothing short of a miracle to to win this game (laughs) mason rudolph's gonna have to go out there for and throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns now, now that we're saying that, that's of exactly course, what he's right. going to do. And jo- the Steelers jo- are going to win 42-3. to three. Yeah, Josh Allen's going to go out there and play like Tua. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or play like Joe Burrow against the Titans this year. Um, sorry, too soon? <laughs> All right, on to our top story of the week. Obviously, it's the college football playoff championship. Um, the Michigan Wolverines, sorry, Justin, have won the 2023 college football playoff national championship, defeating the Washington Huskies 34 to 13. I see you doing the OHIO over there and uh, <laughs> big dog. 
Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Sorry, buddy. Um, so I just had a few key takeaways here. I think Michigan, they won in the hardball way. They ran all over the Huskies, and they who just did not have an answer defensively. Um, you know, when you get a run game like that, uh, J.J. McCarthy is able to manage the game. I mean, he went 10 of 18 for 140 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, he straight up, to quote Josh Allen from the other week, he straight up was the guy who did nothing and got an A on the group project. Like, uh, they had 303 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Anytime your defense is giving that up, you are going to have to just be electric on offense to keep up. Um, and Washington just wasn't able to because of Michigan's defense. Michigan outgained Washington 443 yards to 301. Uh, and like I said, their pass rush was stifling. Um, they pressured Washington a lot. Michael Penix Jr. looked not himself. He looked uncomfortable all night. And I mean, to be fair to him, he was running for his life all night. <laughs> um, and they made mistakes. Um, they were down quickly and they never got it together. I think it's exactly like what we've talked about with like the 49ers, where if you get them down quickly, Brock Purdy can't get it done. I think we saw some of that in Michael Penix, but... It was one bad game, so I'm not ready to like write him off as, oh, now he's just not even going to be an NFL quarterback. I've heard some of those takes today, and I just I don't believe that. He was bad. He was 27 of 51 for 255 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Um, so, yeah, Justin, I, what were your what were your takeaways from this game? Because it, I mean, I think the better team won. I think Michigan proved that they were the best team in college football this year, and it was very clear on Monday night. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, unfortunately, as an Ohio State fan, it pains me to say. Um, but yeah, this just felt like it felt like a a Big Ten game for Michigan. Absolutely, it did. like they, they they made Washington play their brand of football, and Washington wasn't able to do it because Washington all year has played Pac-12 teams where they go, they can go out and, and throw for 400 well, yards. Well, the Pac-12 does you not play do Pac-12 10 team. The Pac-12 does not play defense. That's true. There's a reason those games are 49-48 and triple overtime. <laughs> yeah. No, and you're right because, you know, Michael Penix ha ha hadn't seen a defense no. like that all year. Like, not at nothing all. close. And that, that's kind of... And you can tell that it rattled him. Right. That's kind of why I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, I've heard a lot of scouts say, oh, well, he didn't do well under pressure. That is the first time he's dealt with that kind of pressure. Like, and it's on a national stage. You know, there's a lot of pressure to deliver. Like, does it look bad? Yes. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt as just an off game. Yeah. And... I also just don't think that he is, you know, early in his early in his career when he was at Indiana, he was a big scrambler. Like he was able to, um, you know, make make things happen with his legs. And because of the the injuries that he had, you don't see him doing that as much. And mm -mm. I, I think he he is a fantastic pocket passer. Uh, I think like so he too. is he is fantastic. Like if you watch the ball that he throws, it is beautiful, as good of a ball as anybody in, in college football and honestly it's better than a lot of pros it is like no he, it's a, he it's throws a, a really good ball. ball i saw a comp yeah. i heard a comp about him that um he's a more athletic tua and i thought that was a pretty solid comp like Tua's not a good rusher but he is a good stand in the pocket and deliver a ball kind of guy so yeah i mean but, but the second you put pressure on either of them they're gonna they kind of fold yeah so and i think that's something you, you know, can they're, improve they're gonna make on. mistakes that's something you can yeah. improve on. Like some of that's mental, but 
for sure. But yeah, this just felt like a Big Ten game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan just controlled it. I, I think the turning point was that interception to to open the second half. Oh yeah, Washington oh, yeah. had all of the momentum. It was seventeen ten going into the half. They get the ball back and first throw is a pick. Yeah, you know, like it, it it completely changed the game. Well, and give them give them some so, credit. I think they held Michigan to three points in the third quarter. Their defense did. Like did. their their defense came yeah. out ready to play in the second half. Their offense just could not get anything done. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was a sh- I think that the, that decision to go uh, to kick a field goal to make it twenty to thirteen at one point, um, that was interesting. Was it? Am I am I thinking of that, or was it to make it twenty to ten? No, because it was it was seventeen. It was, it was twenty to thirteen. Yeah, it was twenty thirteen. Yeah, I, I think I yeah. remember what you're talking about. Um, yeah, but that decision to to kick a field goal there when you were it was like fourth and goal from like the four or five yard line you gotta go and it's 20 to 10 at that point i think you gotta go for it i think so too. like given what your defense has done they like they stepped up they held michigan to a field goal it's a 10 point game and you know you haven't really been able to stop michigan's defense or michigan's offense i think you gotta i think you gotta go for it and take those points and if you don't get it so be it the other thing that i feel like those two things like the the pick and then the not going for it just um were, were really big turning points in the game. And yeah. then Michigan just capitalized on them. For sure. Real quick, um, I think the other key takeaway that I had, um, I didn't write it down because I didn't think of it earlier, but I just thought of it, is the key difference here in what, in what I mean by, like, they won in the Jim Harbaugh way is that um, Michigan is an older team. And you saw the inexperience of Washington last night. I mean, they had, like, three drives in a row where they had multiple offensive linemen fall start on multiple plays in the same drive. Yeah. And you're not going to win like that. Like, and that's that's yeah, what would kill them. Yeah, it just kills drives, kills, kills momentum. Because <clears throat> I remember Michael Penix had, like, a 40-yard pass to, um, oh, shoot. Um, it was number two, his receiver. He had, like, a 40-yard pass to him, though, and it got negated by a, uh, uh, I think it was a hold on that one, but still. They would get like third and two, and then they would fall start, and then it's third and seven, and it's just it's they're drive killers, man. And you saw the maturity. Yep. You saw the maturity with Michigan's team because they were very disciplined that entire game. Um, or at the very least, their penalties weren't called because <laughs> there were definitely some holds, sure. there were definitely some holds on Michigan that were missed. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, given that, um, I kind of had a few questions for you. Like, yeah, has has Jim Harbaugh coached his last game as a Michigan Wolverine? And if that's the case and he decides to pursue the NFL, uh, what job or, you know, two or three jobs would you think are the most appealing uh, to him if he decides to to go that direction? Okay. So first, if you would ask me this before the championship game, I honestly might have said no because I think there was still something for him to prove. And if there's one thing about Harbaugh that I've noticed in his career is that he always like he always wants a challenge, right? He always right. wants something to chase. After this game, though, seeing him with his family, seeing the way he talked about it, I think he is. I mean, what what else does he have to prove to college football? Like, he doesn't have to prove anything else. He's owned Ohio State for the last three years. Again, sorry, but it's true. Um, he beat Nick Saban when they were both at full strength, and he won a national title. I think 
I think he goes for a new challenge and he coaches in the NFL. I tend to agree with you there. Now, what as far as what job should be most appealing to him if he decides to leave, I'm going to give you a take that's out there. I heard Cowherd mention this earlier, and the more I thought about it, the more it actually makes a lot of sense. The Washington Commanders. So they have a ton of cap space. They have a serviceable quarterback duo in Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Um, and they've got a new owner GM situation that needs what he provides, which is structure and toughness. You know, that's the thing that I think Washington has lacked is consistency and structure. And then the point that Colin Cowherd brought up that I hadn't thought about, family is huge for the Harbaugh's. Like yeah. Washington, Washington is a short trip from Baltimore. So Jim and John would be close together. They could keep their parents, you know, somewhere between the two of them. They could easily go to games and, you know, one of the things that Jim Harbaugh said about the Super Bowl matchup that they had was that he wasn't comfortable coaching against his brother. Like it made him uncomfortable. He didn't enjoy it. And so I think he, I think an NFC job like that would appeal to him a little bit more just because it's, he wouldn't have to coach against his brother unless they met in the Super Bowl or a random regular season game. So yeah, that was the one that I heard mentioned that I was like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, huh. That actually and also throw on top of the fact that they have Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, a serviceable running back, mm-hmm. and the number two overall, the pick. number two pick, exactly. Like you could go they get, have you a could get, lot to work with. You there. could get Marvin Harrison Jr. or Drake May. And if you don't like your quarterbacks, or Drake May, I mean, there's yeah, you have Drake like, May, Michael Penix. Like you have uh, a bunch of options. Jaden McDaniel's is what I was about to say. Yeah, like I thought it was just Jaden Daniels. I think you're right. You said I think Mc, yeah, you said McDaniel's. I think we're thinking of Mike McDaniel. There's, a, <laughs> no, there's a, an NBA player. I think his name is Jaden McDaniel. He plays for the T-Wolves. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think that job, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, that that seems to be a good situation. If I, I agree. If I wasn't going to say them, I would think maybe, maybe the Chargers because – again kind of the similar reason like they they actually have a franchise quarterback we think and you know they lack toughness they lack structure and i think that they get that with harbaugh um those would really be the two i would think of i heard that there was mutual interest between him and the raiders but i think if the raiders don't sign antonio pierce they're gonna lose that locker room I agree. I, I think he's a good locker room guy. I think so too. So yeah. So I, I think Washington would be my top pick for him, with maybe the Chargers at second. I like that. Those are probably the two I would go with as well. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yep. So any other questions or? Um. Yeah. Do you? I. I don't know. I hate to bring this up, but do you think this title? <laughs> will have an asterisk next to it given what has transpired for the Wolverines off the field this season I'm going to say this very clearly absolutely not you want to know why yeah so they got caught for this scandal newsflash I feel like literally every team 
does what they're accused of like having people at other teams games scouting their plays and everything i feel like that is something every team does or at least the like top dollar teams do and i think michigan's just the one that got caught the reason why i don't think that that made a difference is because without harbaugh they beat penn state and ohio state um i think they had they didn't have harbaugh for both of those games right yeah because they beat penn state first and then they beat ohio state right yeah, it was like Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State right. were the three games. Right. But two of those games are the ones that matter, and then Maryland. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think if the, if they were truly winning games because of that, you would have seen that with Harbaugh off the field. You would Penn State or Ohio State won would have blown them off the field. Um, so they, you know, they were, and they were under intense scrutiny, and they still were completely dominating teams. They won this title because they have 12 to 17 NFL caliber starters. They're all older, so they're more mature, and Harbaugh has a very dominant system. I mean, you got to you got to think about it. They ran for 300 yards against Washington. They probably ran for that many against you all. Like, yeah. I think this was just a year where Michigan was far and away the best team in the NCAA, and I think it's just them building on the success that they had the previous two seasons. So I don't think there's going to be an asterisk next to this. And if there is, then I feel like you could find a reason to put asterisks next to, you know, any title you choose to look at. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, trying to be as unbiased as I can as an Ohio state fan. um, No, I, I, like you said, I think they were the best team in college football this year. And I don't think it was close. Um, you know, even even stealing offensive signs and, you know, doing that and getting accused for what they got accused for, um, you know, that, like, e- even if you have a, even the slightest idea of maybe the play that's coming, you still have to go out there and execute. Right. Like, you, you still have to have 11 guys on the same page and make the tackles, shed the blocks, uh, read the quarterback, like, do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And no amount of scouting is is going to make up for that. Right. You know. Yeah. You might know. Oh, it's a pass play, but you don't know who's. You don't know. You know where the quarterback's first read is. Probably. You don't know who the ball's going to. You don't know if he if how far he's going to drop back. Like you don't know all well, of that stuff. And you don't know the blocking scheme. Maybe like there's a lot of things that you don't know that you still have to go out and execute. So and, and I, I, I think that's what's impressive is like even stealing these signs and doing all of that. You like you still have to go execute right you know, well whatever it is right and you know i think it's different with like the houston astros where they were stealing the signs so that they would know what pitch was coming that's that's different than you know essentially they had someone doing film study for them right like they had somebody physically at the game but this is something they could have done via film they could have watched the other... Right. I mean, you and I have watched our favorite teams enough just watching them for three hours every week that we can we can pick out what play they're about to run. You mean to tell oh, me, yeah, you mean I mean, to tell I mean, me that these... If it's third and nine... Zach Taylor's calling a screen. a screen. Yeah, they're calling <laughs> a screen, baby. Joe Mixon is catching a screen three yards <laughs> deep in the backfield. He's getting about four yards past the line of scrimmage, getting tackled, and we're punting. Yep. That's <laughs> yep. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like, you and I not being, you know, college and NFL level talent, like, college and NFL level scouts or coaches, 
can pick up on that just watching our team for three hours you mean to tell me that they can't hire someone to do that for full to full time and know an opposing offense's patterns like yeah 50 60 hours a week of just watching film and and getting that yeah yeah i just don't buy into this being as big of a deal as the media made it out to be just my complete unbiased opinion i don't think it's that big of a deal yeah all right well congratulations to the michigan wolverines um on the 20 (laughs) on the 2023 um college football playoff championship moving on to the nfl the uh green bay packers are moving on to the playoffs and will face dallas in round one uh jordan love in week 18 he had 360 or 316 yards and two touchdowns um they played what chicago let me yeah yeah i mean let's be honest i i never really thought this game was in doubt i thought the packers kind of you know they played this game well um and they handled business i know they only scored 17 but it's it's the bears <laughs> I, I think they did what they needed to do exactly. to just win the game. I, exactly. I, I don't, you know, that wasn't about style points or, or whatever. It was, you know, get in there, get a win, and get out. Exactly. Um, you know, I think we were talking a few weeks ago about the Packers potentially. You know, were they going to be comparable to Aaron Rodgers' six and ten first season, or were they going to be seven and ten, or whatever? And they made the playoffs. So, I mean, kudos to Jordan Love because we had takes this year where we were like, we don't think he's the guy. It's time to move on. And I mean, he proved both of us wrong. He led him to the playoffs. I guess my question off of this, Justin, is how far can the Packers go this season? Um, I think they go as far as Jordan Love takes them. Mm-hmm. Like you, you got to think they're. 4-0 in Dallas in the last four games and 9-1 and, and and nine against them in the last 10 games overall. Granted, those are with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, like, but like all, all signs point to the Packers having the Cowboys number. So, you know, if, if I'm Dallas, I'm definitely not taking this game lightly. No. And if I'm Green Bay, I'm going in there with absolutely nothing to lose. Why? Because I mean... <laughs> this, is the fir- this is the first year of Jordan Love as a full-time starter, and you're the youngest team in the... You're, you're, you're one of the youngest teams to ever make the playoffs. Absolutely. Like, that is impressive. So, you know, you go in there, nothing to lose, you put all your chips on the table, and, you you know, you see where they fall. I have a feeling that this game is either going to be the Packers win it in a close one, game-winning or, field goal type situation. Or Dallas or is going, going to, to run, run them off, off the field. field. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, I, I have a feeling it's either going to be like Packers win 27-24 or Cowboys win like 41-6. to So like I the, think the, 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 that's the only two options. It's not going to be a close Packers loss. Right. Um, I definitely think, like I completely agree with you as far as that take goes. I definitely think that it is a little unfortunate for the Packers that they're going to Dallas because Dallas has won their last like fifty kajillion games at home. Um like sixteen or seventeen, but yeah. Something I mean that's the same thing. Um yeah. and I I would be shocked to see Dallas lose this game, but at the same time I think I mean, I think Green Bay has a very bright future for the next few years, for sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. Dal- Dallas is currently a seven and a half point favorite. Um, like you said, it's either going to be a close Packers win or Dallas is going to blow them out. So I don't know. It's an interesting one for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. I did. I did have one question about Chicago. If you were the GM 
what are you doing with this number one overall pick, man? <laughs> I know I've had takes. I know I've had takes on this on this podcast of I think they need to keep Justin Fields. I think he can be the guy. Um, Let him go be the guy in if Atlanta. I'm the, <laughs> if I'm the Bears GM, I trade him and I I draft Caleb Williams. I think I think I, if it I, were I anyone, like, you you have a, you have a good O line. Exactly. Not, not great, but good. You know, you, serviceable you, enough. You have a solid wide receiver core. Yeah, like the, the Bears O line is better than the Bengals O line when Burrow got drafted. Like he, he's already like Caleb Williams is already going into a better situation there. DJ Moore, um, Cole Komet, and a running back committee that is very good. Mm-hmm. I, I like nothing to scoff at, and their defense played fantastic down the stretch. I think they might be a quarterback away. I just don't think that quarterback is Justin Fields. I don't either. And, you know, I think Justin Fields showed some improvement this year. Um, I think he would be really good in a, in a team like Atlanta. Yeah. Or even like... Where they just have a bunch of explosive pieces. Right. Or even like a Washington. I think he would fit better in Atlanta. I think Washington. so. T- I think so too. But like, w- like Washington would be another like. I mean, they've got some solid pieces. Like he would be good there. I just think yeah. that. You know, I think. I mean, obviously, I think Chicago should fire Matt Eberflus, but that's another conversation for another day. But. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I just think if, if you it go were... into that, if if you go into next season with, uh, I mean, you have, Jared Goff in that division. You have Jordan Love. And you have uh, probably Kirk Cousins if he comes back. Justin Fields is the fourth best quarterback out of that. He he's the worst oh, quarterback in the division. Absolutely. But it, like, and it's I, I don't think it's close either. Whereas if so, K- if Caleb Williams lives up to the hype, he might come in as the second best quarterback in that division. Yeah, he he, he very well could. So yeah, that that's what <laughs> I do. I, and with their what are they drafting? Eighth, ninth, tenth. They're ninth. With their pick. They're ninth with ninth. their pick. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's going to be a weapon out there. Malik Neighbors could be out there. Brock Bowers might still be out there. Um, Roma Dunze, um, Keon Coleman, like like there's this is a good wide receiver draft. That I, I don't think they need Brock Bowers. I think Cole Komet is is. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, uh, but if you can go get another another wide receiver to to complement DJ Moore, I absolutely would go do that. What if uh what if like Kool Aid McKinstry is still out there at that point? You take him. I think he I think he'd be a good compliment to their defense. Um, I just don't know if I I think their defense played well enough that they don't need to yeah. focus on that in the I first round. I mean, they only gave up. Uh, I would surround Caleb Williams with <laughs> as much talent as you possibly can. I mean, similar you, to like what they did with Joe Burrow. Their defense is the perfect like Ben don't break because they gave up 316 passing yards, but they only lost 17 to nine. And you give up 316 yards, that could very easily turn into a 28 to nine game real quick. So yeah, I, I mean they say every hundred yards should be seven points. Right. So they already did their job there. <laughs> Unless you're the Bengals, in which case sometimes you struggle to get to that 100 yards until the third quarter. 
Yeah. Uh, which I can't say anything because the Titans didn't do that for a game uh, this year. Anyway, yeah. speaking of the Titans. Speaking of the Titans. <laughs> uh, the Titans, baby. We played spoiler like I said we would. It was a couple weeks after I said we would because I definitely thought we were going to do that against maybe the Texans, you know, or the Seahawks. But, you know, we did it for the Jaguars. We beat them 28 to 20 and we knocked them right out the playoffs. Home couch advantage. Baby. Home couch advantage. I'll make the buffalo chicken dip if you want to make some sliders and we'll we'll watch together. But um, anyway, I got you. I think you know now that we know about Mike Vrabel, you know we know Ryan Tannehill's probably gone. It's sounding a lot more and more like Derrick Henry's gone. I think this was the perfect game to recap this entire era to go out on. Like it genuinely, like it almost brought me to tears just seeing it. Like Ryan Tannehill went out there, his connection with Derrick Henry. They had a little moment before the game in the tunnel. Uh, where they like hugged it out and like took the field together and it was just it really was a vintage like 2019 2020 titans game derrick henry had 153 yards and a touchdown uh ty j had uh two touchdowns one rushing one receiving Tannehill was 17 of 26 for 168 uh passing yards he did have two touchdowns and one pick you know it was it literally was a vintage 2019 2020 game the run game got most of it done and Tannehill was able to manage the game perfectly. Aside from that one pick, that was kind of ugly, but it is what it is. Um, he had great passes to... That's vintage Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> easy there. Uh, <laughs> he had he had great passes to D-Hop and Ty J for touchdowns. Their defense stepped up. They had two picks on Trevor Lawrence. Uh truly like that was one of those games that like it was very heartwarming as a titans fan to just see that one more time uh derrick henry's little farewell to the stadium after the game dude i'm not even gonna lie to you i teared up i was like man it's like you know obviously like i said you know all good things come to an end and i knew like i was preparing myself for it there was trade talks about him all year like i was preparing myself but to see someone who brought our franchise so much like joy over the last eight years it uh it sucked a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Although I'm not going to lie, it don't suck as bad as it does to be a Jacksonville fan. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was 29 of 43 for 280 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions, as I mentioned. Travis Etienne, 16 carries, 57 yards. Eh, nothing to, nothing to really write home about. Calvin Ridley had six catches for 106 and a touchdown. Not going to lie to you, I thought he was going to... I thought he was going to light us up that game. Uh, you know, this was an embarrassing loss for Jacksonville. They outgained the Titans. They had 362 yards to 327. They had one more. They did have one more turnover, uh, but they did have one more first down, and they had almost five more minutes of time of possession. Um, like I said, our defense stepped up. They held the Jags to field goals in big moments, or we created turnover stops when we needed to. So, Justin, I have a question for you. Uh, should this season be viewed as a massive failure for the Jaguars? Uh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. They they had a 99% chance to make the playoffs. Bro, they were 8. 99%? They were 8 and, th- they were eight and 3 at one point. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the Titans a couple years ago. Sorry. Well, last year. It was literally last year. Oh. We, were, we were 7 and 3 and then finished 7 and 10. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, th- this is just a massive, massive failure for the Jags. Uh, I mean, you have a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback with that had, that had the second overall pick last year in the Texans. 
you have a Gardner Minshew led Colts, where where uh, Jonathan Taylor missed half the season. Well, there's that, and then you have the the Titans with a 92 year old Derrick Henry and Will Levis and Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, and you can't win that division. Yeah. And you have Trevor Lawrence, and you have—is it Doug Peterson? Is that their coach? Yep. And you have Doug Peterson, and you have Calvin Ridley, and you have Christian Kirk, and you have Travis Etienne, and you have Evan Ingram, and you have Trayvon Walker, and you have Josh Allen. The def- the the the. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Wait, Josh that Josh Allen? <laughs> the the linebacker. And you can't win that division. <laughs> I would just like to point out. Jacksonville is poverty. I would just like to point That's out. a poverty franchise. I would just a like to point out. Franchise. That is a, this is the biggest failure of any franchise this season. They should be embarrassed <laughs> that they can't win that division, given what's going on in it. I would just like to point out also, my take uh, a couple weeks ago was that uh, this should be this season should be a colossal failure if they don't make the playoffs because like like we said previously you want to build off of the success of last year last year I felt like they overachieved this year was bad they didn't even come close no they didn't even come like didn't even come close Mm-mm. like like for for me to view this as a as a successful season they would have had to have at least gotten to the point where they got last year at least right. make the divisional round. And especially in a, in a in an AFC overall, where you have Justin Herbert and and Joe Burrow hurt, and Patrick Mahomes isn't playing well, and and, and Deshaun Watson's hurt, that's not going to happen again. No, C.J. Stroud is only going to get better. Anthony Richardson is only going to get better. Lamar is probably only going to get better. Mahomes is going to take a step up. Herbert and Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow are only going to come back healthier. Yeah, it like how do you how on earth could you view this season for the Jags as anything other than a colossal failure? I don't it's, I don't think you can. It's it's embarrassing. It is really embarrassing truly, for Jags. Truly it is. Um you know, you mentioned Houston. They definitely overachieved this year. Um and all the respect in the world to D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud because they played electric and D'Amico Ryans has the unfortunate reality of Kevin Stefanski going locking up a playoff spot with like 18 different starting quarterbacks because otherwise I think D'Amico Ryans would be coach of the year and it would be well-deserved. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, Jacksonville, I, if I'm a Jaguars fan, they talk mad crap about, oh, we've, we've owned y'all this year. Big, big dog, you on the couch with us. <laughs> like Sean Murphy Bunting said, y'all have to see me in Cancun too. So... <laughs> I'm a Jags fan. I would not be showing my face at work nope. for two months. Mm-mm. For, for the rest of the playoffs, I would not be showing my face. No, sir. All right. <clears throat> Speaking of Josh Allens, uh, we'll go to the other Josh Allen now. Um, so Tuba comes up small in a big game once again as Buffalo wins the division for the fourth straight year. My takeaways here, Josh Allen gave us a signature josh allen experience kind of game he was electric in his highs he stressed the crap out of us in the lows in the exact same game i mean let me read you his stats because until i get to the turnovers these stats are incredible he was 30 of 38 for 359 yards and two touchdowns and then he had two interceptions and a fumble 
But, like, that's 9.4 yards per pass. And he had 15 carries for 67 yards. And literally on a couple of those runs, he just turned into prime Derrick Henry. Like, <laughs> running, running through people. Like, Josh Allen willed his team to the win, but also tried his hardest to lose. It, it is so odd watching him play because it's like, he's one of those quarterbacks where it's like, you watch him and you're like, oh my god like that was amazing and then in the same game you're like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like Like, he single-handedly tries to win and and lose at the same time (laughs) i don't understand it it's incredible it's incredible i've never (laughs) seen anything like it really (laughs) is uh buffalo's defense is better than i thought um i mean we thought with all those injuries that they were going to kind of be out of it to be honest and they have stepped up in a big way um and then I really thought the turning point of the game was Deontay Hardy's 96-yard uh, punt return touchdown. Um, I thought, you know, he returned that, and I just don't think the Dolphins ever – like, I thought that sucked the life right out of them. I thought they were gone. Yeah, I mean, they were in full control of that game, and with that, the momentum just immediately swung to Buffalo. Immediately and, swung to Buffalo. Yeah, and, and Miami just couldn't never get it back. No. All right, and then – on to the Dolphins. Uh, look, they look bad. Tua was bad. Um, the offense was bad. Defense was bad. Coaching was bad. Watching was bad. It just it was a bad experience. Uh, they had too many turnovers. Um, I say that like the Bills didn't also have three, but their turnovers felt like they came in bigger moments. <laughs> they, were, they were much more costly. Yeah. I mean, you had an interception to lose the game again. Uh, like I said, defense wasn't great outside of capitalizing off of Josh Allen's bad decision making and you know creating turnovers, but they didn't do anything with those. To, to be fair, everybody's everybody's capitalized on Buffalo's turnovers. Yeah, I'm year. pretty sure Josh Allen is throwing you and me an interception this year. Um, yeah. Tua was 17 of 27 for 173 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Let me read that again. Ryan Tannehill, I mean, Tua Tungavailoa was 17 of 27 for 173 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. That is a Ryan Tannehill esque I mean, performance. it really <laughs> is. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> I, he had a chance to win and he choked it away. And I don't know what he was looking at on that pick, but he threw it directly to the defender. Like, it was just. Yeah, in um, double coverage, too. Double coverage, and he had, um, he had somebody wide open. Like on a short. Was he trying to force it to Tyreek? I think he was trying to force it to Tyreek, and he had another like I can't remember if it was a receiver or tight end, but he had him like wide open underneath. I mean, he still would have had to have fought for the first down, but at least like they would have had a shot. Yeah. Um. So I also had a couple questions from this one, but I think we we can both kind of answer these. But what do you think the Dolphins' ceiling is this year? Um. Given how explosive their offense is, it's hard to count them out of games. Because mm-hmm. um, you got to think, they didn't have Raheem Mostert. They didn't have Jalen Waddle for this game. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen reports, but you, you got to hope, you got to think that they're going to be healthy. At least one of them. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and for, sure. for this game against Kansas City. Um, so I, I think their ceiling. Um, is probably the AFC Championship game. Hmm. Uh, I think that's the best they can do. Um, I think you know, I, Kansas City is a four, four and a half point favorite <laughs> right now. Um, if they win, 
well if they win they'd have to go to baltimore so i'm gonna say beating kansas city is their ceiling because they're not beating baltimore (laughs) so literally you want to know what my note was for this what's that i think second round at best uh maybe (laughs) maybe they beat kansas city but they are not going to beat baltimore lol (laughs) 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 like it just you see this little sign i got back here that says game over they gonna be seeing that when they get to when they get to baltimore (laughs) they might as well just get back on the plane um the last one you know i just compared to uh to ryan Tannehill. you've got a quarterback who's coming up on a contract that's not the comp you want like as a titans fan that's not the comp you want do you think miami should feel good about signing Tua to a long-term deal um i'm gonna say yes um i I think this was just a really bad game for tua um unfortunately you you know you can't have bad games in in big in in big moments like this um aren't they like one in five aren't they like one in five against teams with good records though something like that yeah that that's the only team they beat with a winning record was dallas which dallas isn't a good team on the road and and once again like we said that week Dallas pretty much beat Dallas. It wasn't it wasn't Miami's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say yes. I, I think that I think that they should feel fine about about re-signing him. I just don't know what other quarterback you're gonna get to replace him. Um <laughs> that's gonna be better than what he better than what he produced this year. I I understand uh your take there. Um if I'm Miami I don't feel good about it. So I think he's a game manager with a bad injury history and an okay arm. Uh, he has proven this year that he cannot get it done in big moments. I mean, they played Buffalo and got embarrassed. They played the Eagles and got beat. You know, they just got beat by Buffalo again. Uh, I would move off of him when his rookie deal, when his he's still on his rookie deal, right? Um, I think he is. I don't think, think he's, so. Yeah, I would move off of him. He got drafted the same year as Burrow, but didn't re-sign this year. Yeah, I would move off of him. I think if you're Miami, I think you look real hard at one of these teams that's got uh, a draft pick up there, and maybe you go get – maybe you trade Tua to one of those teams. Because Tua is – obviously, any of the teams that needs a quarterback – Tua is better than what they have. Um, and I think you maybe trade him and you go get a maybe a Bo Nix, even a Michael Penix. I mean, I compared him to Tua earlier. Like, I think, I think you get someone that you can trust to be more accurate. I think Michael Penix has had some incredible accuracy this year. I think you, you, I think you take a long, hard look at it because realistically, do you? are you confident that Tua can get you there? Cause I just, I don't see it. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not the scout. And uh, so we'll see what happens, but that is going to do it for our recap se- section. So for one final time in the regular season, it is time for Taverner's tears. Yes, sir. The last one of the year. The last one. 
All right. Well, last one where we do all 32 teams. Right. Um, I think tiers will we'll probably have to just... figure something out. Yeah, tiers will probably just move for. Uh, we'll we'll do something the else for the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so for this version, uh, because it's the last one, I figured I would go ahead and uh, kind of do a <laughs> recap of the season. Um, so obviously, I will tell you guys where each team finished. Um, but I also figured it'd be fun to to kind of revisit where I had each team ranked at the beginning of the season. Um, and then also uh, each team's average position throughout the season. Um, just to kind of see either how good they were, how bad they were, how mid they were. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. So, uh, coming in at 32, shocking absolutely nobody. Uh, that would be the Carolina Panthers. They started the season ranked 25th um, and had an <laughs> average rank of 30.9. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Coming in at 31, I have the Washington Commanders. Um, they started out the season ranked 24th um, and had an average rank of 26.1. Uh, coming in at 30, uh, this team started out ranked 28th, so not too far off. Uh, had an average rank of 28.3. That would be the New England Patriots. Um, this was... Looking at all of the numbers, this uh, this next team was by far my biggest miss. Um, so ranked at 29th, they started out the season ranked 5th um, and had an average ranking of 17.5. That would be the Los Angeles Chargers. Oof. Yeah, a really bad fall from grace. 5th. I Coming forgot in at you ranked them 5th. <laughs> I did. I did. Oof. Yeah, that one, that one was a rough one. That one was a rough one. There was one team that came close to the biggest difference in where I ranked, but they're way further up. I feel like that's mine. I just and, um coming at twenty eighth, uh, this team actually had an average ranking of twenty eight point one. They started out the season ranked eighteenth, kind of based on what they did last year. That's the New York Giants. Um, coming in at twenty seven. Uh, this team started out 32nd. Uh, I thought this was going to be the worst team in the league. That kind of proved me wrong. Uh, average ranking of 29.6. That's the Arizona Cardinals. Coming in at 26, I actually got this team perfectly right. Where this team started is where this team finished. Uh, they had an average season ranking of 23.6, but coming in at 26, that is the Atlanta Falcons. Nice. That was the team that I got perfectly right. There was only one other team that I got within one spot. I'll get to them. All right, so you were one of 32. Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, not, it's better than zero. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, coming in at 25th, uh, this team started out ranked 13th, um, but due to injuries, they had an average ranking of 18, um, finished 25th. That's the Minnesota Vikings. You said they were 15th? Hey. Uh, they were 13th. 13th, okay. Yeah. Coming in at 24, uh, this team was kind of similar. Um, they started the season ranked 10th, um, but once again, uh, a major injury. Uh, they had an average ranking of 20th, uh, and that would be the New York Jets at 24. Uh, coming in at number 23, um, one second. I didn't write down where this team started at. Derp. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, coming in at number 23, uh, this team fell seven spots. Um, they were originally ranked 16th. Uh, they also had an average ranking of 20th. That would be the Tennessee Titans. Yes, sir! <laughs> there it is. Coming in at number 22, um, this team started the season ranked 20th. Um, they had an average ranking of 22 points, or 26.2, sorry. Um, that is the Chicago Bears at 22. Man, we got beat by the Bears. Yeah. Aww. Boo. <laughs> uh, coming in at number 21, this team had one of the strangest seasons um, because at one point they were ranked 32nd, and just a few weeks later they were ranked 10th. Um... I had them started out at 23rd. They had an average ranking of 22.6. So coming in at 21, that is the Denver Broncos. I forgot you moved them all the way down to 32nd. Yeah, they were 32nd after they lost to Miami. Which, that's fair. <laughs> they lost by 50. They deserved it. Yeah. Honestly, wasn't that the week? I think we, we, we ranked them 33rd. <laughs> yeah. Coming in at number 20, uh, this team started out 27th. Um, average position of 22, that would be the Las Vegas Raiders. Coming in at 19, uh, this team started out 21st and have an, had an average ranking of 17. Um, this is the New Orleans Saints. I feel like 19th is like the perfect ranking for the Saints. I feel like they've been mid kind of all year. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like they had an average ranking of 17, which is, I think, the closest to 16. No, there's one other team that got closer. But still, yeah. <laughs> Coming in at number 18, uh, this was the next closest that I got. I originally ranked this team 17th to start the season. They had an average ranking of 14.9. Uh, at one point, they were 7th. Um, but 18th, that is the Seattle Seahawks. They were seventh at week five, which I think they were like four and one at that point. Yeah, I feel like the next one's got to be the Jags. That's funny you should say that because coming in at <laughs> seventeen, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just remembered where they were originally. last week, and I was like, they lost their butt. They gotta be. <laughs> they gotta be there. Yeah, I had them started out uh, at the season. Had them. Their starting position was there. Nine. It is. There we go. Uh, they had an average ranking of 8.8, .8, but they finished the season 17th. And they, uh, they, weren't they like third at one point? Um, I think that I was, believe so. I think that was their highest. No, they got up to second. Second. They got up to That's second right. in week eight. That's right. They in were week second. Eight, they were second. They were third the week after. But they, they hovered around that top five spot for a long time. Uh, hence the 8.8. .8. Uh, all right, coming in at 16, uh, this team I originally had ranked third. Um, they had an average ranking of 11.5, and that is my team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do much when your team starts out slow and then loses their quarterback, so. Yeah. Uh, I think their highest ranking that they got, they were third to start the season. After that, the highest they ever got was sixth. And that was week nine. That was after they had won like five straight, four straight, something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we thought they were going to still make the playoffs. Yeah. 
All right, coming in at 15, this team started the season ranked 29th. Um, average position of 17.6. That's going to be the Indianapolis Colts. Hmm. Coming in at 14th, this team started out 22nd, had an average position of 20.5, but they finished the season 14th. That is the hmm. Green Bay Packers. Uh, coming in at 13th. I originally had this team ranked second to start the season. They had an average ranking this year of 4.2, uh, but due to a lot of recent yeesh, that's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. And due to a lot of recent <laughs> yeesh. <laughs> um, hmm. All right. Coming in at 12th, one of my other really big misses. Um, I think it was my third <clears throat> worst miss this season. Um, I had this team ranked 31st to start the season. They had an average ranking of 17.3. That's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was I was very wrong on this team. I was very right on this team. You were. Because you, you were. Uh, and I, I did not. This was the, I, I just didn't trust Baker. This was the Baker versus Kyle Trask debate that we had. And then you were like, I just don't trust yeah. Baker. And I was like, I don't know, man. We'll see. Yeah. All right, just missing out on the top 10. Uh, I don't think they ever entered the top 10 this season, but they hovered around it the entire time. They never got better than 11th. They never got worse than 19th. Uh, they started the season 14th, had an average ranking of 13.5, but finished the season 11th. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. You said they started... Uh, 14th. 14th, okay. Yeah. There, there was a lot of teenth there, so I just... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're good. Uh, all right, getting into the top 10. Um, this team was my second biggest miss. Um, my biggest miss on how bad I thought they were going to be. They started the season ranked 30th. Um, they had an average ranking of 18. That is going to be the Houston Texans. We both missed on this one because I mean I didn't think they yeah. were, I maybe Nobody didn't think expected. they were I didn't think they were going to be thirtieth but I definitely didn't think that they were going to be you know top ten in the playoffs yeah <laughs> and that's just that just tells you how good CJ Stroud and Debeka Ryan's have been this year for sure all right coming in at nine um, this team started out the season ranked eleven um, they had an average position of five point three uh, I believe the highest they got up to was second. They have it around four for a lot of the year, though. Um, but that's going to be the Miami Dolphins at nine. I think they were second. Wasn't that the week that they dropped 50? <clears throat> I think so. Or they dropped 70, I mean. <laughs> yep, it was. <laughs> yeah, like I said, they, they hovered around that, like, four to six spot for, like, half the year. Half the year. Hence, hence the 5.3. Yeah. Coming in at eighth. Uh, this team started out the season ranked 19th, um, had an average position of 16.2, but they went on a run to, to end the season. So that's going to be the Los Angeles Rams at 8th. Knew it. As soon as you said they started 19th, I was like, that's the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know how good uh, Stafford was going to be. Um, they, they dropped a couple games because he got hurt. Um, and like I said, they just went on a run late, so... Uh, um, all right, well, uh, coming in at number seven, uh, this team started out first, had an average ranking of 4.5. That's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Oof. 
Yeah. Coming in at number six, this team started the season ranked 15th. Um, had an average ranking of 11.3, uh, but they finished the season in six. Uh, that is going to be the Cleveland Browns. Just as we all predicted. Yeah, that the Browns would be sixth. Mm-hmm. All right, top five. Um, this team started out ranked eighth, uh, had an average position of seven. Uh, but they finished the season five. That is the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Fourth. Uh, this team started out ranked 12th, had an average position of 5.7. The highest they ever got was third. No, they did get to second <clears throat> at one, one point, uh, but that is the Detroit Lions. Yeah, the highest they ever got was second. All right, coming in at number three, uh, this team started sixth, had an average position of 7.3. That is going to be the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> cool. These next two are going to be shockers. Not really. Coming in at second, <laughs> this team started out fourth, uh, had an average position of 2.7 because they held the top spot for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks this season. Uh, but they ultimately finished the season second, the San Francisco 49ers. And coming in at number one, I know they lost, but they didn't play anybody. Um, they started the season seventh, had an average position of 4.4. That is the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd feel weird to drop them if, when they started Tyler Huntley and a bunch of other people. <laughs> yeah. it was. It, it's funny because my <laughs> rankings just so happened to work out my, that my top 14 teams were all were the, were the 14 playoff teams. I yeah. really didn't, like, make it out to be that way. That's just kind of how they worked out. Well, it wouldn't be fair to rank, like, the Colts above the Packers. Exactly. Um, I know who the biggest faller was. <laughs> of the week oh, no of the of the year i was i was just gonna do of the, the year, year since the, these are the the biggest fall was the chargers yep <laughs> uh, they, they started the season fifth they uh dropped 24 spots throughout the year and finished the season 29th and the biggest riser by one spot i think was the texans the biggest riser uh almost was the bucks almost was the bucks but, but it, it was, was the, the texans by one spot it was the texans going from 30th to 10th uh, moving up 20 spots this season. And the Chargers dropped 24. Yikes. I think the next biggest faller may have been the Jets. They dropped 14. Bengals dropped 13. Yeah. Yeah. No team dropped more than the Chargers. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. You hate to see it. Well, Justin, uh, great tears as always, man. Um, you know, I think it. I think it is funny. Um, we got some hit or miss in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that any take. I, I do know one take that's going to age worse than the Chargers at fifth. Uh, we won't mention that now, but um, it's been mentioned before. Uh, yeah. It may we or may not. We won't poke too much fun. It may or may not have been mentioned by me. <laughs> um, and it might involve the number one ranked team. 
according to you. But uh, like I said, we'll say we'll save that for another day. Um, let's speaking of hot takes, why don't we move on into that? Let's get into it, man. Uh, so I'll give you mine first since you just got to go. Uh, my first hot take for this week is that uh, <clears throat> it's not really necessarily to do with this season. It's more of just an overarching prediction for the future. Uh, my first hot take is that the Green Bay Packers will make the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl in the next three years. So they have a they have a young and talented roster on offense, and their defense is solid. You give them a year or two to mature, and they're not paying anybody except for they'll be paying Jordan Love a little bit. But I don't think he's done enough to warrant you know Dak Prescott kind of money. You're getting a deal there, and I foresee a Cincinnati Bengals-esque playoff run like what they had in that 2021-2022 season where they went to the Super Bowl and I just think with Jordan Love at the helm he's proven that he can be a very serviceable quarterback if nothing else and he's got some great weapons around him that you bolster that run game and get some more maturity I think I think the sky's the limit for that team yeah I like it um my hot my first hot take um is that i believe that trevor lawrence is at best the 14th best quarterback in the nfl yeesh and for that being a very specific number i figured i'd you know what let's go ahead and give everybody a list of quarterbacks that i would take just to to run my franchise over trevor lawrence start out with the obvious ones joe burrow patrick mahomes josh allen uh lamar jackson jalen hurts Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Justin Herbert, Jared Goff, Matt Stafford. There's 10 right there. 10. With you. Uh, I would also take C.J. Stroud. Okay. I would also take Tua. Okay. I would also take... Did I say... Did I say Brock Purdy? You did. The only one you haven't said is... uh... Oh, and I would take Jordan Love. That one. I would take Jordan Love over CJ or over Trevor Lawrence. Wow. And this might be even hotter take. I would maybe take Anthony Richardson over him as well. Wow. I know it's a small sample size. However, <clears throat> given what we've seen from Trevor Lawrence and given what we've seen from Anthony Richardson in that small sample size, I would maybe I would, I would, I would at least take phone calls for it. If if two teams came to me saying, or if the Jags and the Colts came to me saying, "Hey, we'll offer you Anthony Richardson, we'll offer you Trevor Lawrence," I would at least have to sit back and think about it. I mean, to kind of further your argument here, Shane Steichen was a game away from making the playoffs with Gardner Minshew, and the Jaguars choked like a seven-game lead for the AFC South. Yeah. I don't think it was a seven game lead, but it was still pretty close. Like I think at one point they had like a three or four game lead. I think it got up to five, but yeah. I That felt blasphemous when you first said it, but the more I think about it, I mean, I don't necessarily think I disagree. I don't know that Trevor Lawrence is proving to be the like unquestioned you you can't take anyone over him like he was when he got drafted. Yeah. Because I'd like to think that those 14 guys you mentioned could have had at least as much success as he's had with that roster. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you give Joe Burrow that roster his first year, or like the first healthy year he had, 
they probably run away with the <laughs> with the league. I think they win. They probably win it all. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I, I think you give any of those thirteen, if you include Anthony Richardson, fourteen quarterbacks with that roster, that head coach, they 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 go twelve and four, thirteen and three, or sorry, thirteen and four. Oh yeah, you know, four, fourteen and three, somewhere around there. They're one or two in the in the AFC, and they're going to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And Trevor Lawrence, <clears throat> here we are. Here we are. Um, on the couch. <laughs> so, uh, my second hot take is that the. <clears throat> The Houston Texans will be in the AFC Championship game next year. Would it be crazy of me to say that I think it might be this year? I think I think that this team has a ceiling lower than that this year just because of who they're going to be running up against. I think if they... I think... I just... I don't... Uh, I, th- I think if... If Buffalo and Kansas City win, and they win, and they have to go to Baltimore, I think that's it. But I think if one of those lower seeds upsets one of those two teams, and they get to go to Kansas City or to or to Buffalo, I think they at least have a shot. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but no, go go ahead, go ahead. No, I agree with you. Um, so. Yeah, that would be my second hot take, is I think next year they'll be an AFC championship team. Interesting. Interesting. Um, my second hot take uh, this this week is I think if the Washington Commanders get a good head coach like Harbaugh and they find a way to draft Caleb Williams, meaning they somehow convince Chicago to move off of the number one pick, um, I think they they will make the playoffs next year. That is that is my prediction. Interesting. I don't hate it. Now, now we're gonna come back to that in week eighteen of next year. <laughs> <laughs> right. And 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 show me how wrong I was when they go five and twelve again. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, um, that's Hot Takes. And before we go, we have one more uh, fun little segment for you all. Um, I'll just unveil it right now. It's bracket time, baby. So, uh, you know, I think that we, uh, you know, we've had some fun here and I figured since we can't do like an official tiers moving forward that we could just do like a bracket and kind of see where we were right, where we were wrong every week. Um, so with that being said, uh, what we'll do is we'll start out with our divisional round matchups and then we'll go from to, from there to the conference championships and then from there to the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I, uh, just realized i think i may have these in the wrong order based on seating um because i forgot about what you said that um like i forgot that one of these was the lower team so let me just unveil my two afc at the same time uh and that is going to be 
the uh, Houston Texans beating the Cleveland Browns and moving on, which would normally put them against Baltimore. But I've got Miami upsetting Kansas City in round one, which means Miami would go to Baltimore and then Houston would go to Buffalo. So please, you know, flip-flop those two because obviously I uh, I can't read. (laughs) But I've got... I know numbers are hard. They are. But it doesn't actually change my conference championship matchup, which is why I wasn't super stressed about fixing it, even though I just just realized it. But I've got... uh, Let me me go on to the NFC first. For the NFC, uh, between Tampa Bay and Philly, uh, this might come as a shock, but I've got Tampa Bay upsetting Philly. And then I've got the Rams upsetting Detroit. My main reason for that is because Detroit's going to very likely be without Sam Laporta. And I just, you know, the Rams, I think, are playing like a more explosive offense. And I think Jared Goff is going to not like having that weapon gone. So that would be my first matchup would be San Francisco and the Rams. And the funny part about this, Justin, is that I realized it for this one. The sixth seed is playing the one seed here. I had the same same upset in both, and I got it right on one of them. Um, and then, you know, I I think it's pretty clear Dallas is going to – I think Dallas is going to beat Green Bay. Um, I just think Green Bay's inexperience is going to catch up to them. And, um, you know, like I said, they're the, like we said, they're the youngest team in the league. I think they're the youngest playoff team since I think I saw the 73 Bills. So I just – I know everybody likes to poke fun at Dallas and Green Bay's had their number, but I just I don't think this year is Green Bay's year. So I think we've got Dallas and Tampa Bay as that round. Um, so for the conference in the AFC, um, I'm picking Baltimore over Houston. Like I said, I just I just think Baltimore is the best team in the AFC. Um, I love Houston and what they've done so far this year, but I just I think their road ends there. Um, and I've got Buffalo beating Miami again. I think they beat them two straight, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So my AFC championship is Baltimore and Buffalo, which is a very fun AFC championship between two really good teams. I've got Dallas beating Tampa Bay. Um, I just, I think Dallas being at home is the difference here. Like I joked earlier, they're a kajillion and O at home, and um, I don't see that changing, especially when Tampa has shown that they're mistake prone and while i do like what baker has done this year i just don't know that they have a team that can keep up with dallas so i've got dallas beating tampa and then in the shock of the year i have the los angeles rams upsetting the san francisco 49ers and making the nfc championship game i think that the niners are going to come off of that bye and they're going to come out slow and I think that Los Angeles has the firepower and are going to be primed after playing a great team in Detroit and I think that they're going to come out hot uh you might see a couple touchdowns to Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua early and that gets Brock Purdy down and we've seen when Brock Purdy's down he doesn't he doesn't play well For sure. So now we get on to our conference championship matchups. Uh, we've got Baltimore-Buffalo in the AFC. And I just – I can't pick against Baltimore in this one. I really can't. Um, 
I think Baltimore is the better team, and I think while Buffalo is overachieving at this point compared to how they were the rest of the season, I think that their road ends in Baltimore. I don't see them going to Baltimore and winning that game. I just think Baltimore manhandles them like they have every other good team they've played this year. Now, if the Steelers, for some reason, made it this far, the Steelers would beat them 2-1. to one, but, uh, <laughs> but because it's a good team in Buffalo, I just, I just Baltimore's going to run them over. And then, again, I think Dallas is going to benefit from the home field. And while I think the Rams have a better offense, like or they have a good offense, I just... I trust Dallas's defense a little bit more, especially at home. They play better at home, um, and I just I think the Rams lose. So my Super Bowl is going to be Baltimore and Dallas, which is odd, but here we are. And now for my Super Bowl champion, uh, I have um, Lamar Jackson capping off his MVP season. With a 38 to 19 Super Bowl victory, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. Thoughts, questions, comments, concerns? Um, I'd be interested to know the last time an MVP won the Super Bowl in the same year. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> yep, it's been a hot minute. Because it's yeah, it's been a hot minute. But I just well, Mahomes did it last year. Oh yeah. Okay. That's true. Besides that, it, does, it doesn't been a, happen often. It doesn't though. happen often, but, you know, I think my logic here is that I think just Baltimore has been far and away the best team in in the league, especially the last few weeks, if nothing else. And especially I think if my scenario happens and San Francisco goes out early, I, I don't see – I just don't see the Cowboys playing – outplaying the Ravens at a neutral site. I don't. I think that's where the moment gets too big for Dak and yeah. Mike McCarthy. And I just I just see the Ravens running them over. So that's my bracket. We'll see how well this ages. So what I'm going to do now is cover everything back up. Don't worry. I got yours right. I just couldn't do mine. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Let's hide me. Uh, where is the rest of it? Oh, I know what happened. There we go. <laughs> I fixed it. All right. So, Justin, why don't you give us your uh, AFC? All right. Uh, starting out with Cleveland and Houston. Uh, I have Houston winning that game. I think C.J. Stroud just continues to perform. Uh, Miami and Kansas City. Um, I just think Kansas City's defense steps up, makes a big play, um, and Kansas City wins that game. I think that's going to be a shockingly low-scoring game. Yeah, I think in your like prediction, two, I was going to say, I think in yeah. your prediction you sent me, it was like nineteen seventeen or something like that. Uh, seventeen to thirteen is what I had. Seventeen thirteen. That's right. Yeah, I had. Do I you think, want me to give you scores? I can give you scores. I, I didn't with mine. It's up to you. Um, if okay, there were any like notable that. one, I think my scores for that one and the one that I wrote down, I think that I had like Miami beating Kansas City, like. 38 to 17 because i think that's what it's going to take to beat kansas city like miami's going to yeah. have to have one of those explosive games if they want to beat kansas city if it's close i think gotcha. casey wins it so all right and then my last wild card matchup in the afc uh i have buffalo winning i have once again I, with tj watt out i just don't think that's going to be anywhere close yeah 
It sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, going to the NFC, uh, Philly and Tampa, starting out there. I have Tampa Bay winning that. Uh, um, it's a close game, 19-17, something that, like that. That's what it was that I saw. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Rams and Detroit. I have. I also have the Rams winning that game. Um, I think Stafford finally delivers on his promise of bringing a playoff win to Detroit. Just for the wrong team. For the wrong team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get them, get them um, dirty. <laughs> yeah. And then for Green Bay and Dallas, I have Dallas winning this one. Uh, like you said, I just think the inexperience for Green Bay catches up to them. Yeah. Dallas has the experience in the playoffs. While it's not great experience, it's still experience. Um, and so I, I think they just they find a way to win that game. Uh, which would make my playoff matchups for the... Uh, divisional round that would be houston would go to baltimore um i agree with you i think baltimore wins this game um i think cj stroud's run kind of comes to an end here Mm -hmm. and then i have um in my scenario i had kansas city winning so i have kansas city and buffalo but this game is in orchard park um and i have buffalo winning this game i think it's going to be close I won't be shocked if it's like Buffalo scores on a last second touchdown kind of thing. Just, you know, with the the memorable moments that we've seen from these teams over the past, you know, three or four years, uh, it's probably what it's going to come down to again. So, but I have Buffalo winning that game. I, I think As I, for the I, NFC, what are you going to say? I was going to say, I think I told you a week or two ago, I think if Buffalo and Kansas City meet, this is the only thing I disagree with you on. I think if they meet, I think Buffalo is going to beat them by quite a bit this time maybe maybe but we'll see um going to the nfc uh i think we had the same matchups um i have the rams and the niners but i have the niners winning this one um i just think overall they have a better roster yeah um and i i just think that they they find a way to to win that game coming off a bye uh the niners when they came off a bye this year they went out and they went out to Jacksonville and beat them by thirty. So well, to be fair, a lot of teams beat Jacksonville by quite a bit this year. So yeah, that's true. So even the Bengals with Jake Browning beat them. So well, my point still stands. Um, <laughs> then I have Tampa Bay going to Dallas. Um, like you said, I I think this is another big win for Dallas. I don't see this game being close. Um, and so I, I just see Dallas winning this game. Which would make my AFC Championship game uh, the same as yours, Buffalo and Baltimore. Um, you picked Baltimore, but I have to disagree with you on that one. Fair enough. I I think Buffalo wins it. Um, my guess is a Tyler Bass game-winning field goal from about 45 yards. We'll have to It'll see. It'll be fun to revisit that one. Yeah, It will be. Um, plot plot twist. I, t- plot twist. Tyler Bass is gonna doink the game-winning field goal, and Baltimore's <laughs> gonna hang on. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No, I, I think it's gonna be a close game. Um, but I think the Bills have had just a bit more success in the playoffs recently than the Ravens have. Fair. And I think that kind of catches up with the Ravens. Um. As for the NFC, um. I have Dallas going to San Francisco. Uh, we've all seen that movie before, <laughs> and 
and it doesn't end well for the Cowboys. It does not. I think that trend continues, <laughs> and I think that San Francisco wins that game by double digits. Fair enough. I'm not going to say they win it by 30, but I think it could be like 10, 13, 14 points. Fair enough. And again, my whole my whole thing with the Cowboys was them being at home. Yeah. And I, think, I think if something happens to where they host the NFC Championship game, I think that would it. take San Francisco losing in the divisional round. I think they probably are locked for the Super Bowl. Um, I just don't see San Francisco losing. Now that you've said that, that would for make some re- Super Bowl. <laughs> I was, just, now, I was just gonna say now that you've said that for some reason dallas is gonna just decide this is the time they're not gonna lose and they're gonna win like 52 to 7 every game <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that would make my super bowl uh in las vegas that is gonna be buffalo versus san francisco and i have josh allen leading the bills to their first ever super bowl I have them winning at 31 to 28. Who was on crack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just think it's I think it's the Bills year, man. I think everything is aligned. The only team in their way is 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 Baltimore. I, I think if they can find a way to get past that, I don't think there's a team in the NFC that can hang with them. Interesting. In, including San Francisco. Interesting. Wow. Um Wow yeah i mean you know so we'll i'll put our uh put our brackets side by side here real quick um once again i can't wait for buffalo to lose in the first round of pittsburgh by 20 you're right just because knowing my luck right i've got our brackets side by side here real quick uh just so people can compare and contrast uh we both picked afc teams um, I definitely think the shocking of the two or the most shocking picks by the both of us are me picking the Rams to upset the San Francisco 49ers and you picking the Buffalo Bills to upset the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, this is definitely going to be one of those things. Like you said, it'll be fun to revisit. And um, I think maybe instead of tears, what we could do is kind of take a look at our brackets each week and see where we were right, where we were wrong. I can't wait for like the Steelers to win the Super Bowl this year and play the Browns in the AFC Championship game somehow. Um, yeah, and they'll they'll play the, I don't even know. They'll play the Packers. It'll, 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 yeah. be, it'll be Packers and yeah, Steelers. It'll be a rematch of the 2011 one. Or, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> all right. Well, um, I, think, I think that's it for week 18. Um, any any other any other thoughts comments no i think i'm good man all right well justin uh it's been a fun regular season man uh can't wait to continue this in the playoffs got some fun fun topics coming some fun games and it'll be interesting to see so um for sure yeah on behalf of justin i'm ben and um Thank you guys so much for watching, for listening, and be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, uh, and find our podcast on your favorite podcast service. So until next time, guys, have a good one.